Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hey, I'm Scott Pipe. Hi, I'm Nick Percap. You are listening to Inside Supercars. All the racing I've done, supercars and, uh, you know, all the GT and drifting and all that kind of stuff, I think it all helps. A lot of seat time and having some good times racing, it's, it's a lot of fun. As long as we don't allow some of the lunatics to um, get the keys, then uh, it'll continue to be at the, um, at the forefront uh, through hard work and diligence, particularly on the part of the team owners and investment by them. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Supercars here with Craig Lavelle and Tony Whitlock with Kurt Zakzuski, who is the Newcastle event manager. He was in the role some years ago, left and came back again, did something else, furthered his motorsport career. Has a long history in motorsport because his father owned, ran, built the Lakeside Track, um, which was one of the icons of Australian motor racing, one of the best tracks I've been to and had enough times being a passenger in a car with Dick Johnson. Anyway, Kurt, you've uh, managed what appears to be probably the standout for this year. This track uh, looks an icon, and the reception from the public is extraordinary. Yeah, oh, well, thanks, Tony. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So far, we've just had two or one and a half great days here at the track. Uh, huge crowd numbers yesterday. Uh, huge numbers again today. Uh, everyone's walking around with a big smile on their face. Uh, government's happy. Council's happy. Uh, obviously, the race fans are happy. The teams and drivers are loving the track. The sun's shining. I've seen dolphins swimming out there in the harbour this morning. So, uh, I mean, this stage, it looks like everyone's enjoying the event. So it's a perfect outcome for us. It's not been without its difficulties, though. Yeah, sure. Look, you know, uh, that being said, you know, there are some people that, that, that aren't fans of the event, um, and, and we can understand that. And we hope that now that they see what the event can do for Newcastle and, and, you know, how it shows Newcastle to the rest of Australia and the world and the benefits that will come out of that uh, over future years, that they'll, they'll maybe learn to appreciate what it is and, and be able to put up with, you know, the, the inconvenience of a street race, but the benefits that come out of it afterwards. As with most racetracks, they're never built entirely as they're first envisaged. Um, you had minor modifications to the design. Were those mostly about the geography of the place, or what were the changes about? Look, we had to uh, we had to work in with the council design requirements for the actual roads because you know the other 362 days of the year these are public roads, so they still have to work the way that council needs them to work. Um, so we had to sort of stay within those parameters. But once the roads, uh, and, and you probably know that there's been sort of the best part of six months worth of civil works done through this area, um, not just to resurface the track for the roads, but the opportunity has been taken to also relay a lot of the services, power, electrical, water, all that sort of stuff. Which are all plus pluses for Newcastle. All pluses for Newcastle. I mean, the, the, the water pipes through East Newcastle, some of them were over 100 years old. So they've all been replaced, all upgraded, all current spec, water, power, telephone, all those sort of stuff's in there. Uh, which means that these roads, these areas, don't have to be dug up again for a very long time. So, so that's a lot of work that's all, all gone into there. And, you know, some sections of the circuit we only took possession of, you know, a week out from the event. Yeah. Um, so once we did that and we started installing the barrier blocks and those sort of things, we did another review. We took on a lot of comments from drivers who came. You would have seen the media, a number of drivers came down and did um, inspections. Uh, and obviously Mark Scaife works with the, uh, the guys at IEDM in terms of track design. And so once it was sort of almost built we could see where there was maybe some challenges where we maybe needed to realign some blocks put some curbing in so in the last sort of two weeks 
a few little changes, little tweaks were made around the event, uh, which I think has just you know, improved it before we even got a car on track. You're involved in both Hamilton and Townsville. Um, this certainly has a backdrop, well, not even back, it's right in front of us here, in terms of the water and ships going past. Things like that. There are unique things about it. Were there unique problems here? Yeah, look, there are some unique problems. Um, you know, you've got a nice big foreshore parkland area here, um, but it's not originally designed to accommodate, you know, uh, all the services and infrastructure that we put in for a supercar event. Um, so you then have to work around more of it being temporary than what you've currently got. Places like the Gold Coast over the years, uh, the, the, the McIntosh Island parkland area um, has has had improvements and modifications which help it run the event um, and, and we'll probably see that happen here as well but at the moment you know it's the park that it is and then we've brought in this temporary infrastructure over the top and we've had to really um, work around some parts of the park uh, and also the heritage items around the, the circuit as well there's some very old buildings here so you know there's areas where you can't just go widening the road or running things through the front you know yard or making changes that you might want to do in a more modern environment um, but, you know, I think that's also what gives this event a lot of its character as well. You know, you, uh, you're driving up Watt Street, you're coming past some, you know, heritage-listed properties. You've got the beautiful Customs House Hotel right here on the inside of Turn 1. And so it looks like no other track that you see around Australia. I mean, you mentioned Townsville. Townsville's very iconic and lovely with, with Castle Hill in the background and all that sort of stuff. Hamilton had a very unique look to itself. But I think here at Newcastle... It's probably one of the most beautiful street tracks we've ever had. Uh, and people always joke about it being our, our, our Monaco kind of thing. But, you know, we've got the boats out on the water there. We're diving through the streets, the historic streets of Newcastle. It's very much got that feel to it. Having walked up the hill here and done it at Macau, there are certain similarities there. And it, it reminded me so strongly of it. Uh, I thought, I'm glad I'm not driving here. But anyway... Um, it's been a wonderful uh, event, and I'm sure that uh, your post-briefing will go through all the things that come up. When does your set-down actually start up? When do you... uh, basically, uh, about 6 o'clock tomorrow night. We'll start pulling it down. Um, we'll try and return the streets back to the residents as quickly as possible. So it'll be a big night on Sunday night to, to get as much of it out of the way. And basically, traffic will be back in here on Monday, and then on Tuesday morning... Uh, we'll actually return the roads back to normal uh, traffic direction, I guess. Um, and then it'll be another three or so weeks to get the rest of the infrastructure out. Having lined up with some of those thousands of people coming into the track, I'm looking forward to hearing those numbers. And while we don't have Barry Oliver here to tell us it is a record, I'm sure it will be a record because there's never been a race here like this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, look, we, we, we sort of set a target of 150,000 people and uh, I think it's pretty safe to say uh, we're going to exceed that. Yeah. Um, so there's no problems there. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a really big number, which is great for Newcastle. It's great for everyone at Supercars and our sponsors because this was a, you know, it, it was a big exercise. Uh, and a lot of people thought maybe something that couldn't be achieved. But we knew that the location that Newcastle and the surrounding area love supercars and love racing. And, uh, you know, they voted with their feet this weekend. Now, um, this project as a project will go back on your shelf Maybe not weeks, but months. It'll go back. That's right, done. What's your next project? Uh, to be honest, my next project is to reintroduce myself to my family. Right. Um, having I've got, just moved back to Queensland. Having, having just moved back to Queensland, but not spent much time there. So I've got two little kids and a wife at home that are probably just counting the hours at this point. Um, so that's first and foremost. Uh, and then, look, you know, the debrief from this event, there's a lot to work through after the first year of a street race. There's, there's lots of detail to run through to see where we can improve for next year. 
Um, and then, uh, and then you know, yeah, there's lots of other stuff to do at supercars, so you know, there'll be a lot. Well, you're handing, handing James Warburton a wonderful uh, exit for him from the role because not only a successful year, but a highly successful final event. Yeah, look, I mean, he, he, James said he wanted to go out with a bang, and uh, I think he's managed to do this. You know, he's, you know, we've got this great event. Uh, like I said, uh, everyone here is smiling; they're loving it. Um, and uh, I think he'll be very happy and he'll probably shed a tear Monday night at the gala dinner to know that that's his last time that he can sort of, um, you know, uh, be responsible for something like this um, uh, because he's, you know, he's obviously moving on to his next role. But, you know, I think like anyone else that comes out of this environment, he'll be in his next role and come, come Adelaide time next year, he'll be watching from a TV somewhere and sort of getting that little bit of a, you know, FOMO, you know, a little bit of fear of missing out to think that, oh, hang on, they're actually doing that all without me now. And he'll be able to go and look at a 24-sheet post and go, oh, that was all my work, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I think he's got a lot of pretty cool stuff planned for his new role yeah. anyway. But um, but as we know, this is a pretty dynamic, exciting uh, industry to work in. And uh, it's not the kind of thing you can just let go of easily. I guess I've got to play bad cop here. You had to take on a lot, from my understanding of what I'm speaking to the residents, you've had to take on a lot of the uh, responsibilities of talking to them and, and working with them because there seemed to be a breakdown at the council level. Is that a fair comment to make? Uh, I don't know that it was a breakdown at council level. Um, I think what this has been is a very complex project um, and there's, you know, there's some uh, very vocal members of the community that uh, I think sort of, you know, uh, very early on uh, went out and uh, I don't know whether it was panic or, or, or what, but, you know, there was a lot of misinformation that was being spread around which caused confusion. Um, and, and, you know, the Newcastle City Council guys have been fantastic. Um, they've been working with us all the way along. Um, but it is a new thing for them. So they've got to learn for us. We've, we've got to help them. Um, Destination New South Wales, obviously, those guys are expert at major events, so they know what they're doing too. But they haven't done something this big in Newcastle. And supercars, we haven't done this in Newcastle before. So year one, I keep saying to people, is a, it's a year, year of discovery. And that's all the way through the project. Right to today, you know, people come in the gate. They've never been here before. They've never been to a supercar race. So they're discovering how it all works. So in terms of dealing with the residents and communication, you know, that's all, you know, a discovery process. The last time we had a major event like this, you know, really comparable would have been when the, the Gold Coast race was started back in the early 90s. Uh, Facebook, social media didn't exist back then. Um, you know, people didn't expect immediate responses to things. You know, people would write a letter and get a response a little while later. Nowadays, uh, as we all know, we've got the challenges of instant communication. You try and get your work done in a day, but at the same time, you're getting hundreds of instant communications into your inbox uh, every day. So that's always the challenge in anything, but when you're dealing with a, a large community group as well, trying to keep the communication levels up while at the same time trying to actually create and plan something where you know people want to know answers to all their questions and you know we haven't actually got to that stage where we had those answers yet. Um, so you can understand how that creates frustration with people. Um, but, you know, Tony said before, a street circuit doesn't exist until, until the day it exists. So, you know, if someone said, you know, where's your track licence? It's like, well, that doesn't exist until really 7 o'clock on Friday morning. Um, and there's those things where, like I said, it's all just learning for everybody. Um, and, you know, we know in year two the community's going to know more, uh, we'll know more about what we're doing, so you know we'll be able to communicate a lot cleaner and a lot earlier about how the event works and where things are going to be and how they're going to be handled. So that'll help the community and help council to work with them as well. Um, 
and just make the second year just, just a lot easier and, and hopefully a lot more enjoyable for everyone. Of course, there was a big infrastructure project that started it just like in Townsville where you were building a bridge. What is the estimated start for the build for next year? And obviously you said it's about, what, three to four weeks until everything's been returned to uh, a parkland and, uh, and city-state. Yeah, that's correct. So basically it's a six-week build on the way in. So this year we started on October 16, so I think October 15 might be the date next year, but basically the same time. Um, so six weeks to build it on the way in, uh, and obviously we learnt a lot about this year's build, so we can we can manage the way we do that build next year to just you know reduce some of the inconvenience for the local residents and community. Um, and then on the way out, still that sort of three and a half, four weeks to get everything out. Um, so all up, you know, under 10 weeks for the complete project next year. So that's going to be uh, a, a lot easier for the community to deal with. As you mentioned, you know, the Civil Works project was, was quite extensive. Um, certainly nothing like that we've done before for one of our events. Um, Townsville, you mentioned the bridge. While that was a big civil uh, engineering exercise, you know, it only impacted a train station car park. Um, it didn't sort of impact sort of the road system or anything like that. So there was some benefits compared to what we've done here. But, you know, it's all done. All that's a first-year thing. So next year, it's, uh, like I said, mid-October will be the first time anyone sees anything from us in town in uh, Newcastle. And uh, it'll be much easier. And then, you know, over the next four years of the, the contract, we'll just see, you know, everything improve a little bit. We now know how people move around the area. We know when we put something in a certain space, if we uh, block one entry point, where does the traffic flow move to? Where do people start walking to? Where do we need to put more signage? All those things. So that, all that sort of discovery, all that information gathering has happened this year. How do you track that? Do you have people out there looking or how are you managing that and how do you take those observations and be able to translate them into we need to open this, we need to close this? Yeah, so we're constantly tracking. I mean, in the lead-up, we, we have regular whip meetings with our engineering team, so we're constantly picking up anything we're doing, and they're, they're putting that into the, the event build schedule. So, you know, whether it's what time do you build a bridge, and then when you do build a bridge, you need to make sure you've got this signage in place and that signage and make sure this is blocked off and have a traffic control in these places. So that's all captured in the build program for next year. And then during the event itself, we run a live... Um, you know, facility management system that's constantly logging everything that when toilets backed up or ran out of water, food ran out, gate need to be opened, someone squeezed through. So we can actually sort of live track how the event went. So next year when we're planning, hopefully we get gates and fences all in the right places, but also we, we've got a feel that, you know, with this many people on site, we know when the toilets in certain areas will start needing, you know, attention. Hopefully we can put more toilets in those areas or at least we can position a pump truck or something closer to there. So all that sort of stuff, it's all captured. And then we do the debriefs. There'll be internal debriefs. There'll be debriefs with contractors, debriefs with the council and government agencies. And everybody is, is capturing huge amounts of data, which is all going to go towards helping us make the event, you know, a little bit smoother next year. And all that, we haven't talked about the racetrack. When you see cars racing, it's a lot different than simulations and even seeing them practice and qualify. If you need more tweaks, how much scope do you have to tweak? Uh, there's a few bolted down curbs that have some extra racetrack on them, but where else can you tweak it? Um, I mean, look, the easier one is just repositioning some barriers in terms of improving line of sight, um, you know, uh, contact angles, that sort of thing. So they're the little things that you can kind of tweak. Changing the size of curbs. I mean, as you said there's some bolt down curbs. Some of them are more permanent, which can, you know, the shape or position could still be changed. You know, there's 12 months to work on that. Um, 
but you know uh, lengthening runoff areas or changing the shape of the roads is fairly limited from this point on um, like I said we've got to fit in the actual Newcastle City Council um, you know road design brief and, and what they need the roads to do so um, not a lot you can do but still there are little tweaks that can be done uh, it's been wonderful to talk to probably the busiest man on Newcastle um, to have had the time to telling us about it. One thing I wanted to ask you about, and I haven't had a chance to talk to any of the drivers, the main game drivers, the guys who've been at it for 15, 20 years, have you had any direct feedback on the track design? I've, I've heard Jamie talk about it and Scott talk about it and they love the challenge of the track, but have there been any sort of real comments from the Craigs and the Brighties and these ones? Look, uh, I think that the one main comment from everyone's been that how challenging it's going to be. All the guys that came pre-event and checked it all out, they've all realised it's going to be quite challenging. They're going to be quite busy. Um, They all know that. Um, So that's been the key thing. I must admit, during the event itself, I haven't really, apart from yelling at a couple of them to get in the driver's parade a few minutes ago, I haven't actually had the time to chat to any of the drivers. So um, One one thing that should encourage you was the, the very few red flags or yellow flags through the sessions yesterday, both Dunlop and, and the main series. Yeah, look, and even in the support categories, I must admit, we thought the walls were going to have a little bit more action yesterday. Yeah. Talking, I, I had spoken to one or two of the support category drivers, and they said, look, the feeling is everyone's taken a sensible approach. Yeah. They know it's a brand new track, it's got a bit of undulation, it's tight, it's twisty, and everyone's just sort of just keeping it calm, um, which I think helps grow for the, the, the confidence across the event. You know, you see with race series, if they go out and practice one and people start smashing into the wall, Generally, the weekend for that category is going to be pretty disastrous. But if they can get through the first practice clean, the second one's not so bad, qualifying's okay, and then it all sort of flows from there. So, um, you know, the guys seem to take yesterday pretty calmly. Um, you know, a couple of little incidents today, but nothing disastrous. So, yeah, everyone's taking a good approach to it. Uh, I think we'll see the times improve as the weekend goes on. More rubber's going to get laid down. But also people will start just taking that little bit more out of it, just sort of getting that little bit of confidence because I think they all came in fairly conservative. And have you had a chance to have a flying lap in the passenger seat? No, I haven't. I haven't done that either. I did uh, I did actually have uh, one of the supercar teams sit off for me a lap yesterday, which would have been lovely um, uh, after all this time to actually go out and experience the place. But uh, no, I've actually been too busy <laughs> to, to no, get out there. Yeah, so I'm sure you are. So I'll see. Yeah, who, who knows? I might get a chance in a course car tomorrow morning. If there's uh, if there's a spare seat, I might jump in there just to have a bit of a look. So I mean, I've done laps of many, many tracks, uh, and this is certainly one that when oh gee, I put my hand up. I rang three team managers. If you need somebody, I'm willing. Um, but thank you very much, Kurt Zanzuzzi, joining us on Inside Supercars. Uh, it's been wonderful, and uh, certainly it's great to be here for this event. No, thanks, guys. I'm glad you guys came along. Glad you're enjoying it like everyone else. And uh, we look forward to doing this for you know at least another four years after this, and if not, you know, 20. Next week, Greg spoke to Mark Dutton with Supercars Mitchell Adam following the winning their eighth Drivers' Championship. Hope you enjoy it, and tune in again next week on Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.